This is Five on Three. Center ice for all things Islanders, Rangers, and all news across the NHL on WFUV Sports. What's going on, everybody? It is the final episode of Five on Three for not this calendar year, but for a long time. We're going to take a hiatus. It breaks my heart, but what warms my heart is to be here with some of my closest friends at WFUV. I'm sitting across from James Burley. Jack Warner just messed up behind the board. He's making sounds back there. Um, <laughs> and we've got Samantha Bohr on the line. Fellas, how we doing? I'm doing splendid because I have not been in studio in a little over a month now. I get to see your beautiful faces. Sam, I get to hear your beautiful voice, although it is over the phone. I Jack, am. Jack, you're doing great back there. I appreciate the sound effects, actually. Yeah, that's Lou, cute. Yeah, no, it was very cute. Uh, Lou, it's great to see your face front and center mm, in the room. This looking, is, right, this, looking right at you. Into your soul. This oh is spectacular. <laughs> and I just, I know it's the last one for a little while, but it's a special one. We got a lot of fun stuff planned, and I can't wait to just get right into it. Well, boys, they say there's a first time for everything, and I've produced a few things here before. I've, I've done double duty before, too. I've hosted and produced. It says on the screen, five on three music error. Don't know what happened there. <laughs> ah. I believe that is the sound effect that you just heard. Uh, I'm sorry if uh, Let's Lou, make that the seems, new intro. Can, can I confess it, something? It, it seems confess like, something? It, it, it seems like Lou was confess. offended. But. I'm not offended. I think, that, I think that I've got to confess my sins, and I think that that little dingling noise might have been me. Um, as a matter of fact, I think wow. that... I think that it was my, my Apple Watch alerting me that it is, in fact, a live, awake, alert, and enthusiastic. So I would just like to take the blame off of Jack and put it on to myself and formally apologize. This is a plot I love you so much, Sam. At you least it was a that. positive alert, too. Yeah. I know. I was going to say, it was just letting me know that it was here. I mean, Aww. regardless of who authored the sound, I still have never seen five-on-three music error. Listen, I don't know man. what, I don't know what the hell that is. Listen, man, we're, we're a great show. We've had a fun year. <laughs> we're going to do a lot of fun things today. We said it, I think, last week or two weeks ago, we're the most fun show at the station. I'm putting oh, yeah. it out there. It's, it's a oh, lock. Yeah. So true. We've, got a, true. Uh, we've just got a stacked crew, and you're going to see a lot of that today. We're going to, towards the end of the, the second half of this show, we're going to look back at some predictions, some of the best moments, but we have to start on a sour note, and it feels like we do that a lot sometimes at five on three. The NHL just isn't where it needs to be in a lot of social issues, and you see that again. Gary Bettman banning all forms of special warm-up jerseys in the NHL. Most notably, I think that includes the Pride Night jerseys, and there was a lot of issues with that, even with our Rangers team this year, but that also means no hockey fights cancer jerseys anymore in warm-ups, no military jerseys, no warm-up jerseys of any kind feels very closely connected to the Pride Night situation, and it feels, in my opinion, like a complete mishandling of this situation. Yeah, it's they're taking the coward's way out. Mm-hmm. You know, Some teams and some players um, were in positions where they made it clear that they weren't going to wear Pride Night jerseys, and now that that has been extended to everything, it it's just it just doesn't look it's just a bad look you know it's like it's 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 pretty soft too like come on some players won't wear the pride night jerseys so now we're not going to do any specialty jerseys one one thing that i really liked about having them all together without getting into any specific issue because we talked about it on this podcast before is that it was a way to highlight uh, local artists and and that something that i saw the devils would do with all of their specialty jerseys is they would have uh, they do this little thing called light up the rock before every game where they have someone point a torch to the lights and the entire place turns red for every specialty night jersey they had the designer of the jerseys show up and get to do that because it was a way to highlight local artists and local creators um so that was something that I thought was really cool, really community-oriented that hockey should be doing more of and not less of. Um, so I think they've they've really, in a number of ways, you know, uh, I was going to say stepped on their toes. I'll say skated over their own toes because this is, uh, this is just this is not cool. It's not fun, and it's pretty lame. I agree. I I think that, like you said, this is kind of the coward's way out. And, I mean, I've made my thoughts very clear on past episodes of this podcast about how I feel about teams not doing the Pride Night jerseys um, because, as we know, 
Hockey is still one of the most collectively, I would say, I don't use the word bigoted because that's very loaded, but one of the most collectively, I guess, behind the times uh, sports as a whole when you compare it to other sports and what they're doing. But the thing is, like, I mean, I understand you can't just get rid of one specialty jersey night and you got to get rid of them all. But I'm like, you know, like, Hockey Fights Cancer was really special to me. Like, I had a friend who passed away from cancer, and that was always, like, my favorite jersey night. I own, like, two of them, and, you know, that's it's sad to, you know, see one of my favorite traditions and one of my favorite nights. And also charity events, you know, these jerseys, these specialty jerseys, they auctioned them off after the games and they raised a lot of money for really great organizations and for the community and for hockey is for everybody. And I think that, you know, like you said, James, losing the community involvement aspect um, with the artists, but also with the money that this raises and the outreach that it, it has, I think is really detrimental to a sport that is already you know, not the highest rated or most engaged with sport of the big four. Um, and so I think that this is just a really disheartening uh, move by the commissioner and by the organization as a whole. I mean, I think Sam highlights a good point there that I was pretty much going to touch on immediately after giving my point, which is, yeah, I don't think that the the fan base as a whole and where I've seen it, where it's been really scary to me, and Sam, actually, I've pointed out to you before we've joked about this, is the Twitter reply sections of certain mm-hmm. hockey teams and the league as a whole can be honestly kind of horrifying sometimes um, when talking about certain social issues. I'm going to try to keep the polititi- politicization, however, whatever, the, mm-hmm. of, of my, what I'm about to say to a minimum. But what I will say is the other thing that I don't like about this decision is not only is it a very brash, impulse decision, in my opinion, but I also think that it indirectly places the blame on a community of people who already spend enough time staring down the barrel of, of, of the gun. I think, mm. I think here forward, it's going to be people who were very passionate about military night, you know, military appreciation jerseys, very passionate about hockey fights cancer, it's going to be, oh, we don't have that anymore because they tried to, they tried to do Pride Night and it failed. And, and, and I just, I'm, I'm fearful that this very impulse decision that was made by the league is going to result in more fingers being pointed at a community that was the intention of the jerseys in the first place was trying to help them. It, it really feels like it stems from a failure at the league level to address this problem when it happened during the year, because it happened a lot during the year with multiple Pride Nights where multiple players came out and suddenly they didn't want to wear the jerseys and that, you know, it was kind of left unaddressed and sure there was, you know, PR nightmares for each of those teams, but never really addressed at the league-wide level. And now it's addressed here and it just, it feels like, you know, you let the people that say those awful things, you're letting them win here. Um, they Like, they, they won. They got what they wanted. They don't have they don't have to deal with this being quote unquote shoved in their face anymore. And it it's just ridiculous because when we talk about why we do these things, it's so that we can raise awareness and promote inclusivity in a league that is one of the least inclusive leagues in all of major sports. Right? And so when we talk about people of the LGBTQ community not feeling welcome in the NHL, well, this just compounds that and makes it even worse where the NHL got rid of Pride Night and a bunch of other special nights because there was controversy over this. What kind of message does this send? The people that said that say that members of the LGBT community aren't welcome in the NHL, they kind of won. And that's what's infuriating about this situation. Period, Lou. When you put it <laughs> when you put it like that, it's it's pretty clear that it's just uh they wanted to wash their hands of the issue and, and not be any part of it. You said it, it's the coward's way out. You yeah, nailed it's, it. It's so, it's so embarrassing. And, you know, even when some teams in Major League Baseball are deciding not to honor Pride Night and other teams are, I was like, oh, they're doing what the NHL is doing. And then the NHL the same week decided to, uh, to make it way worse. And they did it during Pride Month. The yeah. Season that's, ended, that's so true. The season ended like 10 days ago. And they decided to announce this now when the next season does not start for another three months. And, and look, listen, Jack said it too with the comment section. You know the comments are always going to be bad. You know that this is going to be a long-term fight. No. But you still fight the fight, and you still have to labor through all of that and hope that eventually 
people come around and aren't terrible people and, and about look, the way they handle this. And look, the comments are the comments. It doesn't matter. Like right. the internet is not the same as the real world. I, I, there's echo chambers there, and the people celebrating in the comments get get a life, please grow, grow, grow the hell up. Yeah. But in yeah. in the real world, there are people that want to co watch hockey and 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 not uh, feel like they don't belong. Right. And hockey is a very um, segregated sport even today so let's we let's do our best to not promote that and not uh avoid these conversations that we need to have because they need yeah. to be had i i do want to welcome in now uh nick palmer is here with us i wish oh. i wish i could welcome in during a more fun conversation nick but how are you doing man I thought you guys were playing a replay from one of our controversial... <laughs> and you know what? Korea. And that's sad, but that was an <laughs> option. Nick and I were on that episode together. Remember Some things one. were said on that show. I, I feel like there have been multiple where there that's been the conversation. <laughs> um, but anyway, it's it's nice to be with you guys. It's good to hear your voice, Nick. Yes. And I think yeah. with the arrival of Nick Palmer, we will shift to greener pastures. This is a conversation that I don't think we're going to be done having. The NHL wants it to get ignored. I don't think that we're going to ignore it, but we will We will move on. On a much brighter note, and something that I was very happy to see, Henrik Lundqvist going to the Hockey Hall of Fame as a first ballot Hall of Famer. People weren't sure if that was going to be the case. A lot of people hold the no Stanley Cups against him. I think it, for me, it was no doubt that one of the greatest goalies of all time, probably not in the top five, but I don't think that matters when we're talking about a guy in Henrik Lundqvist that I can confidently say I think is the greatest Rangers goalie of all time, holds most of the records, legitimately one of the NHL greats. So happy to see this for Hank, the king. Quickest of 400 wins, the best non-North American goaltender of our lifetime, mm-hmm. I think pretty clearly. Um, first ballot? Yeah, he deserves it. Fastest to 400 wins, man. That is so hard to do. And yeah, I'll hold the Stanley Cup thing against him forever. But sure. come on, I can't. I can't lie. I think there are some snubs that I'd like to talk oh, about. Oh, I think too. we can get to that in a but second. There's Henry, some, look, some stuff came out. That's and look, and let's and let's be real. For a New York for a New York hockey player over the last 20 years, Henrik Lundqvist was synonymous with this city. And Wayne Gretzky was for a very brief period too, but I can't really think of any New York Ranger that when you talk about New York athletes, you just think even in the current team, they have a great team with a great group of players. Even Patrick Kane, you wouldn't think like Patrick Kane's in New York City. Now you saw King Henrik, he was the king of New York. Um, and Henrik Lundqvist was a big part of what made the New York Rangers a contender for many years now. I mean, yeah, they fell short in, in, in 2014, especially, but come on, like he carried them there. It was a big part of that team. And as much fun as it was watching Alec Martinez score that goal for me, <laughs> that was oh, a that was, bad guy. That look, look. Bad let's guy. let's be real. Henrik Lundqvist deserved to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, and he captured the hearts of this city and New York Rangers fans for the better part of two decades. So hats off to the man. Yeah, yeah I mean, really? I'm currently. Oh, Nick. No, Nick. No. You let Sam no. go first. This is Sam. <laughs> Wow, I'm like receiving like princess treatment right now. This rocks. Um, I was going to say, I am currently staring at my Henrik Lundqvist banner that I received on his Jersey retirement night that I was really lucky to attend. Um, And I really can't think of any other New York goalie that deserves to be first ballot Hall of Fame like he does. Like, yeah, we said, you know, didn't. Uh, didn't acquire a cup in his time, but I don't think that, you know, that is the only mark of obviously an excellent hockey player, as we know from him and from others. So I don't know. I'm just excited to, you know, see him get the recognition he deserves as a great guy. Also, I love that he's, you know, I know this isn't a part of the voting, but like, I love that he's a Hall of Famer, but he's still involved with the game, with the team. He is at more Rangers games than I am, probably, (laughs) even though we reported for the team last year. He was there every minute so i think he deserves all the recognition he's getting and man congrats dude and i can't wait to see what suit he wears to uh <laughs> to his hall of fame ceremony because that man knows how to dress i'll mm. tell you that absolutely and you know just looking i'm looking at his stat page right here i mean the dude only was a hair above three eagles against twice in his career and those for the last two years i mean that is absolutely remarkable and that was only at 3.07 and 3.16 i mean with the 2.43 over your long illustrious career that is 
something to be proud of. And while watching Alec Martinez score that goal in double overtime was one of the greatest moments of my life, you can't argue that the name Henrik Lundqvist is as synonymous with the city of New York as names like Aaron Judge, Carmelo Anthony, or even Sam Borer. (laughs) (laughs) So... On a a more real note, Sam, I'm remarkably proud of you. You are one of the most energetic, fun, and knowledgeable people I know. You will go far in whatever industry you decide to enter into, and I am just so happy and proud of all the work you've done over Uh the last years. Aw, Nick. Love you, my twin. That was so cute. And Nick, how dare you say that Henrik Lundqvist's name is nearly as synonymous with this city as the great Sam Boer. Like, what? <laughs> why are you trying to what knock is, her yeah, down like this? Come on. It, it's just because she's equally as famous in Colorado, so I, I didn't... <laughs> <laughs> I do want to say to all the people that, uh, that try and hold the no cups against Lundqvist, you didn't watch Rangers hockey. That man carry the Rangers through multiple playoff appearances where they had like nothing going on in front of him. They gave him no help. Congrats, Hank. One of my favorite goalies to watch growing up. Well, and, and you know what? This is an argument for him. He may be the greatest hockey player to have never won a Stanley Cup. Oh, he's definitely in that conversation. I, I mean, and look, I, I, I blank on players who have retired that didn't win Stanley Cups who I know for greatness, but Henrik Lundqvist has got to be in that conversation. I, you mentioned... There's some snubs this year. In- interesting Hall of Fame class. The two that I think we probably should highlight. One that you probably care about a lot, Patrick Elias. Yeah. And then uh, Alexander Mogilny. Two Devils. Considered one of the one of the greater Russian players of all time, and get some tweets coming out that the already high bar for Russian players to make the Hall of Fame is getting even higher with the the current climate between the U.S. and Russia. I don't know what your thoughts on that are. You hate to hear that, especially for a guy in Mogilny who defected to the U.S., so it's uh, not what you want to hear, and you don't want to see people that deserve to be in the Hall of Fame get kept out for exterior reasons. And and he did, he wasn't just the first that defected. He wasn't just... De- sorry, I just gave... The, oh, hmm. dang. That was bad. Oh. He didn't just defect. He was the first that defected. He set the precedent in North American sports and in hockey to come to the U.S. to apply your trade even during the Cold War era. And in 990 games played, he was in a 1,000-point score. He had a more than one-point-per-game pace. He had a 76-goal season in 77 games. 76 goals in 77 games. Did ever, good stuff. Do we have, like, an air horn back there? Do it with your mouth. All right. Well, that... That's a goal horn, right? Yeah, there you go. That, now imagine that well, 76 okay. times in 77 <laughs> games, okay? Because that is ridiculous. This man belongs in the Hall of Fame. And if and if the Russian geopolitical thing is a factor, doesn't he represent the yeah. exact opposite? Yeah, it's stupid. All right. Well, and look, Patrick Eliash, I'll talk about him because he's he's my he's my king. He's my favorite player in any play sport with him ever. Like an angel slap time. growing up. I love oh, it. I, I, I love that man so much. I got I was I didn't I haven't gotten the chance to speak to him at my Devils beat, but I did see him in the locker room after game four of the playoffs round one and he was hyping the team up and I almost shed a tear. Um yeah, does he belong in the hockey hall of fame? Eventually. Is it okay that he wasn't inducted this year? Yeah. When there's a weaker class, I I he he's going to be there like Come on, 1,025 points, um, holds every Devils offensive record until Jack Hughes breaks it. And then, look, two Stanley Cups, and he was integral to both those teams, first liner on, on the 2000 3 team. He's an absolute legend. Definitely, definitely belongs in the Hockey Hall of Fame. I'll get over it for now. All right. Well, unless anyone has any other thoughts, I say we get into the fun part of this show. We all good with that? I've been looking forward to this. Let's ride. All right. So let's... We've compiled a a nice laundry list of predictions and fun moments from the entire year of 5-on-3, the entire school year of 5-on-3. And let's start with the preseason predictions. We did a show, me, Sam, Tyler, Mooney. These are basically predictions that were made either before the season started or for some teams one game in. Let's start with a prediction from Sam Bohr that surprised no one, but, oh, she nailed it. Oh. Roll Samantha. I like the Devils. This season, I am actually expecting good things out of them. I think that 
this could actually be a good season for the Devils. Think that we'll see them in the postseason. Sam, you were on it before any of us. That is true. Everyone laughed at me. Let it be known. Everyone laughed at me. Everyone was like, I don't know about that. And I was freaking right. Preseason, I had faith in this team and all that they could become. And they did that and more. And I'm proud. And all I have to say is I told you so. But also, (laughs) it was one of the most exciting seasons um, for, I think, as a comeback season for a team that we could have asked for, especially in this New York metro area. So I was about that, and I always love being right. What can I say? James, were you on that? I know, because we didn't have you on the, the preseason show. Were you on Devils making the playoffs? Um, No, I was on a potential second wild card, like getting the wild card race. I think I had them between high 80s, low 90s in points. That was my preseason expectation. I did not, uh, I was not very high on them, and I thought it would be a step in the right direction. I did not think that they were, were going to win uh 13 games in a row, 18 out of 19 in a stretch, and and just absolutely is just such a privilege to be able to cover them this year of all years. Speaking of which, I finally get to break some news on one on not one on one on any podcast. Um, Eric Halla did just sign for the New Jersey Devils, three years, 9.4 million. That's a 3.133 AAV. And I like that deal. I like that contract. You the man, Eric Halla. You stepped up in the playoffs. You earned the money, and you're coming back. And everyone in that locker room loves you. You're one of the nicest guys as well. You gave me a great quote during the playoffs. You're the man. All right. Well, we'll move and on. Sam, you're also the man for Ooh. believing in us. Nice. Big move for the Devils. We've been talking about Devils offseason, how many of their guys they're going to bring back. That's big for them. Another prediction from the preseason. I'm not sure a lot of people saw this one coming. But your boy Lou Orlando did hit it, Jack. One guy I'd really like to highlight, because I've been joking about him for a little bit, Jimmy Vesey. I've been joking about how it's it's his resurgence season, but like, like it it might actually be like, he looks really good. He's awesome defensively, awesome on the penalty kill end. Vesey's going to be a huge part of this team. I think he's ended up going to be one of those key pieces that if you're trying to make a playoff run and you need those really good defensive forwards, I think he ends up being one of those guys. I don't want to hear a word out of Nick Palmer right now. I know what he thinks about Jimmy VC. I don't care for it. So, but Lou Orlando. Gotta give me proud. I nailed the Jimmy VC team. Nailed it. That was spot on. Nick, I actually weigh in. I want to hear what Nick has to say about this. It, oh, oh, did we, not, did we lose we, Nick? We lost Nick for oh, a We lost Nick. Oh, that's he okay. Might, he'll be back. Well, I'll jump in then because I, I've talked about Jimmy VC a lot. I loved what he did for the Devils in his short stint there before returning back for his second stint with New York. And he was one of those players, you know, late in that first round series, because that's when I got to see a lot of him, that players were like, look, or fans were like, dude, VC's working hard. That line's working hard. That guy's doing what he needs to do. And the guys on the top didn't get it done. But Jimmy VC was a role player that you could count on. And did you hit it on the head with that one? I think we're getting Nick back. I'm going to give myself a little bit more love. Another uh, prediction. Why not? Let's let's roll it. When we're in the mood, let's roll it. Another prediction it. that I absolutely nailed. Bruins are going to be really strong hmm. this year. I don't know if that's it. Like, I think they're going to be like potentially division-winning strong. Oh. They might be fighting. Oh, potentially. They're not healthy yet. So when they get when they get their full team back, I think they're going to be a little bit of a force to be reckoned with. Remember, remember the beginning of the season when people were unsure about whether or not the Bruins were going to be like good and they were hurt and everything like that? That was fun. It was fun. It was I, fun when they weren't. As I had some Bruins friends that were just completely had given up on the mm. year before the season even started. And I was like, you're the Boston Bruins. You guys are going to be a playoff team. I did not think they were going to do what they did in the President's Trophy. No one did. Nor did I, think, did I think that they were going to do what they did in the playoffs. But, uh, you know, that ended up being a fun year for them and then a f- bad playoff. But, dude. You're killing it right now. I know. And Touch, touching, hmm? touching on Jimmy VC. Oh my quick, god! Oh man! We, before we, well, hold on. Your prediction was that he would be a playoff performer. Those were your words. I said he could be an impact performer. He played in that four. Bro, game. only had one assist. You know, he was skating. He was skating. Out, he was skating out there. He was a gritty little guy. I love him so much. So uh, Nick, you're gonna you're you're gonna call into this show, right? You're, you're gonna call in. Yeah. And then I'm yeah. going to be nice enough to bring you back on a second time. Mm. And yeah. then and then we're going to go right out the gate. Right. No no warning, no nothing, just just, guys, just accusations. Guys, if, if I'm honest, I don't know what you expected from me. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. We're going to move on 
our friend Tyler Mooney. Very sad he couldn't Aww. be with us today, but we love Tyler Mooney. Legend. And he had a pick that he nailed from the offseason. I think that there's no way that both Pittsburgh and Washington make it. And you know what? He was right about both of them, actually. He only he was he was a little gentle about it. He ended up nailing neither of those teams made the playoffs. And that's another thing where before the season started, I'm not sure how many people saw that coming. I didn't see that coming. I mean, I could have I could have believed it for Washington, but Pittsburgh no, and because they just they just belong in the playoffs, right? It felt weird that I was watching postseason hockey and Sidney Crosby wasn't on my TV. So credit where credit's due to the Moon Man. That is that is some stellar stuff. And I'm getting worried now that we're doing all the good predictions, and I haven't heard my voice yet. So I think I'm going to be in the bad segment. <laughs> well, let's. I mean, we'll get there. We'll, we'll, get, we'll there. get there. Listen, what's going to happen is going to happen. The predictions work itself. Let it go. Let it be. Yeah. The way of the world, man. Oh, no. Yeah. It'll be funny. Moon Man, Moon Man knows Puck. If there's someone who knows Puck, it is Tyler Mooney. Well, you know, we could, you could even nickname this segment, Do We Know Puck? And unfortunately for Tyler Mooney, you can't nail everything. Hit the next one, man. Oh, no. This, uh, this might be a little sneaky down year for the Metro. Hmm. Really? A I'm, lot of, I'm the opposite. Really? I'm big on them. I think Metro's going to be a fun division. I think it'll I think be it's fun, be a but I think, yeah. I think the years of the Metro being better than the Atlantic are over. Now, that last part's debatable, but I don't know that you would call this a down year for the Metro. Uh, not, Metro even, no. not even close. Not even close. <sighs> and I think it is. I think, I think you can still... Sp- Say there's an argument to be made about the Metro being better than the Atlantic. Mm-hmm. You know, if you without Florida's playoff run and without Boston's dominance in the regular season, the consistency between the Hurricanes, Devils, and Rangers, I think, is probably a little more impressive than that of the Maple Leafs. Uh, Tampa Bay had a down year, mm-hmm. and you know, I mean, but I think Tyler's a little early on his take. Like, I think a that Metro early. down take could be next. This like, could next this season. yeah. I think I think he I think we're seeing a bigger divide mm-hmm. and a bigger. Uh, a more a more clear um, idea of what t- each team's identity is. I think we're going to see bigger rebuild years for the teams at the bottom of the Metro and bigger cup aspirations years for the teams toward the top. Real quick, let's hit us with an awful off-season or preseason prediction from your boy, me. <laughs> Pacific, I actually have the Flames. I think the Flames are going to have a really good season. This season. <laughs> I think they're going to... Even with Goudreau and Kachuk out the door, I think they did so much... And getting Huberdeau back and getting Ween back to replace what they lost, I think they're going to be scary. And- Lou, what the hell is that? <laughs> I'm sorry, are you <laughs> kidding? I really liked the additions of Huberdeau and Weger. I don't know. Oh, sorry, those not. aren't bad additions. They weren't, but, but uh, Goudreau and Kachuk turned out to be bigger subtractions than anybody could have imagined. And now Calgary's in a fire sale. Oh, so that take to say is everyone's gone. Tyler Toffoli's a ranger now. That age like <laughs> milk. Let's shift. We've got some midseason predictions. Uh oh. And now we get we get Nick Palmer and James Burley on the action. We're gonna start with Nick Palmer who nailed this one. Uh oh. Mm. Buddy. Panther, I have Panthers and Islanders though. Correct. Wow. I do not have the Pittsburgh Penguins or the <laughs> Washington Capitals <laughs> making the, the playoffs. Or the Buffalo Sabres? Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> I was big on the Sabres. Um, I have the Panthers making the playoffs and they're decently out of the picture right now. But I see them as having a huge second half. And you saw this against the game against the Lightning last night. And how about that from Nick Palmer? Kind of like rolled it to a team. That That is that. No, that's that's incredible. That's a great prediction. On the the clip? That's me? That's you, bud. That's you. Don't play dumb, all right? (laughs) We know you're not dumb. We heard the prediction. Yeah, we know you know Puck. Maybe. We'll find out. (laughs) No, but, but I feel like... I, I was honestly expecting all of mine to be the predictions that were wrong just mm. because of the sheer volume of predictions <laughs> that I'm <laughs> Oh, we'll get to There's a lot. There's a lot. You, oh, had, yeah. you threw a lot. But even a, a broken clock is strikes, whatever the phrase is. I guess. Early, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah we, we get you. But listen, we nailed some picks in the, in, in the mid-season show, and Sam Bohr nailed one as well. Oh, did I? Oh, yeah. Roll, Sam. Roll, Sam. And I have the Leafs winning. I have the Leafs going to round two for the first time in so, so, so long because I think this is their year. I think this not their year to win. By <laughs> this is their year to win a playoff series. This is their yeah. year to win a playoff this series. This is their trophy. This is their trophy. Yeah. I think if they get out of the first round, I think Toronto will celebrate like they just won the Stanley Cup. <laughs> Sam, no you way. nailed it. They want Florida. <laughs> Sam was on top. We want Florida. 
I did so well Sam in that Paul. one. I remember people laughing at me for that one, too. And I was like, no, I can do it. But look, they had a year, and I think that they're well-equipped now, and now they know what it's like to win again for the first time in however many friggin' years. And so I, I don't know. I see this trending well for them at this point. But that was, that was so exciting to, to watch them finally do it. And, man, it did look like they won a Stanley Cup, didn't it? I was going to say, I think that's the most, like, impressive part of the take i think was the perfect description of how the fans reacted to winning the series and respect respectfully sam i don't think they were laughing at you i think we were laughing at the maple leafs because it's they're still fun to laugh at even after even they got they broke the duck of the first round sometimes we know puck sometimes we don't we just gave credit to nick palmer for knowing puck i don't know if he knew puck on this take Uh oh i'm sorry in advance nick You'd have the two seed in the Eastern Carolina Hurricanes sweeping the seven seed Florida Panthers. Wait, what? Nick, buddy, it wasn't oh. a sweep. <laughs> right, but it wasn't a sweep. Oh. He got the sweep part right. I'll give I'll give Nick credit for that. But. No, not if you ask Rod Brindamore. Not if you ask that's true. <laughs> not if you ask Rod Brindamore. Okay, but we did not get the playoffs. We just lost four games. <laughs> Who saw that coming? No, it's a, listen. Uh, I have the worst Florida Panthers take of all of us. When it's coming later. When was that prediction okay. made? Was that, that made that right before mid- the playoffs? No, that was mid. Okay. These, these are still okay. mid season, so I'm okay, gonna give fair, you. Fair, fair. I just thought it was funny. Oh, that was a round one prediction, okay. right? Because it was two versus seven, right? Okay, so listen, I, it wasn't even conference the finals. I'm gonna give Nick a lot of the benefit of the doubt, but I did think it was funny because the Panthers ended up sweeping. Maybe no, no, that's a great pull. That is funny. That this is funny. this next one, I play with mourning and a heavy heart. I think Oilers take it, actually, because I think Connor McDavid is like, give me that cup or give me death. So Oilers take it in the West, and we have a Bruins Oilers final, oh. and it is electric. Well, it's death for Connor McDavid. Rip. Well, I, yeah, I guess, I guess, give give him death. Give him and death, man. That is that is a take that truly aged like milk. That is so bad. <laughs> That's so sad too. Mm, you know, it's sad. I wish, I wish the best for him, and it, it makes me so sad to see him. You know, cupless this year yet again. And they'll have his day. I mean, I think it was more, more sidle that was give me cup or give me death. Sometimes we're really bad at our job, and that's the case with these next two clips. James Burley with yeah, his yeah. first clip of the day. Yeah, yeah. James, you said you were nervous. No, this I, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. All right. The Penguins, I do think just Penguins are just, they're just mm-hmm. a playoff team. They're just always there. <laughs> They were not a playoff team, apparently. They should have been, though. They, <laughs> they really should have been. They, I love they how he's in, the bad, he's in the bad take section, and it's just a five-second clip. Well, They're look, a playoff team. Look, I, I said something akin to that earlier in this episode, so I, I, I stand by that they belong in the playoffs, but now I don't know. And Nick Palmer thought he could get away from a bad take. Nope. Sorry, Nick. No, whoever's in that second wild card spot, it's going to you're going to so lose. Tough. You're going to lose. So <laughs> I don't blame you for the take. I just think it's really funny. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, I think it's I, I, go, Nick. Were we talking about? We were talking about the East, right? We're talking about the East, yes. the eighth seed in the East. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Which, by the way, yeah. we all we all made we all were making the same prediction. Right. Nick was just unlucky enough to have his caught on camera. I, I have no defense, <laughs> Your Honor. I think yeah, that was that was that might have been worse for Bruins fans than it was for you, Nick. <laughs> oh my God! Oh. Did I not add the burly Devils take? I'm a horrible person. That's okay. So there, when we get we're we're in playoff predictions now. I was gonna say this next one is you. I know James Burley had a really good take where he just nailed the Devils. I didn't put it into the board. I'm sorry. It's okay. I I messed up horribly. This one's me. Oh, sometimes you're wrong. Sometimes you're right. Sometimes you get both. I. Sneaky think that the Panthers end up taking the second wild card seed. Yeah. Like I, I'm I not sure. Panthers. I think the fight. Penguins are the better team, but I don't like the way that they're trending. And so I think the Panthers end up taking the seed. Either way, it's it's Bruins in four or five, and the Bruins star is everyone because they're so good. It's they're gonna be they're gonna run through them. I was doing so well until the end. Right there, that was hey, that I that's a win. That's a win. That's a W take for sure. At least in hindsight, this next one was almost a win. Nick Palmer, hit it, Jack. 
kidding. And just a little for bit one of game. Prime Jonathan Quick comes and out there. And then the Vegas Golden Knights win the Stanley Cup. No, I'm just kidding. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Nick, ah, you're so close. Nick. Mm. Oh man. <laughs> you were inches oh, away from being a five-on-three legend in that moment. So I'm not already so a five-on-three legend. He no, might, you he's are. He's in the conversation. I mean, I mean, in that moment exclusively. I like. Oh. I think that would have been jersey retirement. Uh, or sorry, headset retirement caliber take, but almost like I think you're on the cuffs now. You're gonna have to have a big year to be in that yeah. conversation. Yeah, now. a bunch of people are also telling me to retire, but for different reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Never retire. Never. Never. This next one is the worst take of all time. So let's just play it and get it over with. Boston having a first-round matchup with Florida, who they're going to walk front ways, back ways, side ways, <laughs> do whatever they want to Florida. They're going to win. They're going to sweep that series. Like, instead of me just uh, saying anything, just play the next clip, Jack. Just play the next clip. I would like to formally apologize to the Florida Panthers. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry. He I don't, does not I'm not going to pretend what? like I watched that much Panthers hockey except for when they played the Rangers and they didn't look good. I'm I sorry. Just, I've never you took it to a different level. A You're team. actually pretty competitive. You're a very good team. I'm sorry. I think that I think that covers it. You made amends. I made I made my amends. No, I I mess it up worse than just about anyone can. I apologized, and we move on. I slept on Florida really the entire second half of the season, and I regret it deeply because they're awesome. We're gonna make amends right now, and we're gonna play the James Burley take on my computer. Oh, here we go. So it's not through the board, Aww. but we're gonna make it work. Let's see if I can do this. And I I do think the Devils are probably just. Oh, you awful person, computer. All right, let's try this. Let's see. How I mean, the devils are pretty just. They're fair. And... <laughs> no, 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 wait, wait. That's, just, that's not the whole clip. Okay. There's, there's, way more to, there's way more to this. Let's see if we can get this going. I do think the devils are probably just a hair better than the Rangers in every category except goaltending. And for that end, but I've seen the devils put up goals against Igor this year. That convinces me that it shouldn't be as big of a roadblock as it can be for some other teams. So I have the devils in six. So close. You had you had another episode where you had Devils in seven. You had the series going to oh, seven. That was didn't clip that one. That was mid season. I that I remember I remember listening to some random episode when I found out we were doing this in mid season. I had the Devils Rangers Devils in seven, and then second round Canes over Devils in five, which was which is I'm mad at myself for getting that right, but I was close. I don't know why I thought six because I didn't. Well, that, so I didn't that think was, we were going to lose two games five one. That was up. I don't know if you remember that episode. We. Me and you both said six, but we had Rangers. Yeah. I had Rangers in six. You had Devils in six. I had this fear of the series going to seven games and what mm. would happen if it went to seven games. And I, I also thought. True. I also thought that I even. I almost thought about clipping this. I thought that it, a team would end up taking momentum in the series and winning it in six. And I'd argue that the way the Devils played, they should have taken it in six. Yeah. If how if, much they dominated that those last few games. It almost, it doesn't even feel like the Rangers took it to seven games. And the Rangers, with their backs against the wall in Game Six, scored the goals when they needed to. Devils couldn't stay out of the box, and and that was their game. But Game Five, Games Five and Seven, especially, they just just didn't give the Rangers an inch. And uh, yeah, that was. Uh, I'm glad I was able to to predict that. But it was mostly <laughs> just biased. We're kind of done with predictions, but we still have some more stuff to play. The first thing I want to play is. It's not a prediction. It's just a really bad take, and I just want everyone to hear it so we can point and laugh at who said it. So let's just get right to it. Oh, God. Look at this moron. But I'd also like to congratulate uh, the New York Rangers on uh, flushing $1.6 million down the drain. I remember this. By continuing the miserable career of Jim BBC. You know what? You know what? I'm being unfair to him. Instead... I would like to congratulate Jimmy VC on successfully scamming the Rangers out of $1.6 million. Well done, Jimmy VC. I know you're listening, but I got to tell you, Jimmy VC, you trash. Your game is vanilla. And Rangers fans are all of a sudden loving him when they were trashing on this dude for three straight years because he wasn't producing. And just because he started playing well recently doesn't mean that he's going to do that for the rest of the season. This dude, in his last seven games, is minus four with zero points. And I encourage you to go to the stat sheets, and you will find long stretches of zero points. The dude is not consistent. 
but congrats, Jimmy, on your paycheck. You earned it. The fact that this take goes on for a minute. It's a minute long. It's the longest clip. It's the longest clip of the show. Hey, pal, just just blow in from Stupid Town. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's just you you just clearly don't appreciate what Jimmy VC does for the game of hockey and it's sad. Clearly I don't. You clearly don't. <laughs> and I still don't. Yeah. And oh man. You know what? You know what? When we do this show next year mm. and if Jimmy VC has had a career year, I will I will do whatever you guys want me to do. Oh. Prove that. Uh, I, and I'm saying this it's, now. And it's also it's I'm not about it's not about the money, Spider. It's not about the points, Spider Man. It's Spider-Man. about the grid. It's about the play. It's about he's so cute. Lou, a cute would you what what strings can you pull to get Jimmy VC on the podcast or on an episode of One on One? I think the more important question is what strings can I pull to get Nick Palmer fired? But okay, yes. I think both questions are Let's important. Talk about and we it. should that's, go down that's these not roads. That difficult. That's not that difficult. Just, just play, just play some episodes of this podcast. Just, Nick, here, here, Nick, be careful on your, be careful on your bets for next year because yeah. lose a kisser. So he oh, had, yeah. like, oh yeah, we'll, we'll make out. Uh, here's why we shouldn't <laughs> fire Nick Palmer. The mid-season show where we did predictions, you guys gave like normal predictions. Oh yeah, yeah. Nick Palmer gave stupid, crazy, wildly specific predictions, so and we're just gonna sit <laughs> back and listen to three of them. So we'll play I the knew first they were one. coming. Yeah, we'll play the first one. Okay, you guys ready for this? This one's big. Mm. <laughs> the three seed New York Rangers mm-hmm. will take the two seed New Jersey Devils. Crazy. To seven games. Mm. Nailed that part. This so. will be due to multiple Igor implosions. <laughs> and they will count on Yaroslav Halak <laughs> to play the final three games of the series. <laughs> That is incredibly specific. You were in in this really specific in this fateful game seven, late at night in the beautiful city of Newark, New Jersey. I want you guys to guess which Rangers left winger will score the game winner in double (laughs) overtime. (laughs) Sam, I'll go to you. Jimmy VC. I was going to say Jimmy VC. Incorrect. It's Timo Meyer. <laughs> Acquired at the trade deadline. Nick, Nick, I forgot about that. Right. Well I think you need played. to stop talking. <laughs> well played. Mm. Oh, Nick, I forgot it's about that clip. one. That's so good. Wow. Dude. That was so that's, awesome. That's definitely one of the takes of all time. Nah, you had. I remember you had some other like random trades thrust into your predictions yeah, that didn't b- come before true. Before we play them. No, there's there's a couple more, them, but if you I, yeah. I, I would just like to defend my stance that I thought Jonathan Quick would still be a king. <laughs> We're going to get to that. Don't spoil it. We're going to get to that. I also would like to defend that I thought um, – I'm literally even forgetting his name right now. That guy on the Rangers who nobody cares about anymore. Jimmy I didn't think he would get traded. What? Oh, Yo, Sammy Blay? Sammy Blay. <laughs> Well, actually, Sammy Blake comes up in this. By the way, Rangers have finalized their coaching staff. We'll get to that a little bit. Oh, have they? Uh, Sammy Blake comes up in this in this next wild string of predictions. That the Rangers again will go seven rounds, but this time with the Canes. Igor fares much better in the series, mm-hmm. plays six of the seven games, and Sammy Blake gets a game misconduct <laughs> in the second <laughs> period of the seventh game, which creates two goals for Spetchy. Spetchy will score two Just goals Spetchy, on, in, on the major, major. in one minute. On the major. In on one the major. minute? And the storm will surge onto the conference final in which they will play Tampa. Tampa does Tampa things and sweeps the exhausted Canes under the rug in four games. It's not even a contest. Nick was not able to predict that Svechnikov would get hurt for the remainder of the season. That was insane. I love the Sammy Blay game misconduct. The Sammy Blay game misconduct is legendary. It's my favorite. The bit best of all part time. is the way you set it up, Nick. Is you pull the rug out from under us because we're expecting you to say Sammy Blay is this unsung hero who scores the goal, <laughs> but now he gets a ten minute. He gets a, he gets a major game misconduct. Yeah. And then Nick, unless you have anything to say about that one in particular, we can move on to the final one. I'm going to stop talking. Okay. The last one, <laughs> which he, he kind of previewed, but let's get into it. Just doing Mm-mm. it to piss me off. It was it? so objective. Mm-hmm. Val Nachuskin goes to the IR in game one. <laughs> Shocker. Wait, were we just talking Damn. about that? We were. <laughs> I wrote this out, too. There will not be one, but two goals overturned. One in game three and one in game six. Oh, my God. Both for distinct kicking motions against Miko Ranton. <laughs> And after losing the first two games of the series, 
The LA Kings sit Jonathan Quick, but replacing him is not Phoenix Copley. It's not even Cal Peterson in the AHL. Semyon Varlamov, who puts the team on his back and allows four goals in five games. He collects 30-plus saves in each game with two shutouts. He takes the Los Angeles Kings to the Stanley Cup final. Nick, I love you. And this is why you will forever be a part of our show. I think that's that's headset retirement caliber. Yeah. That's going in the right. That's all time. That's first ballot Hall of Fame. I would like to add mm. that there was a Nathan McKinnon goal that was overturned. <laughs> For a distinct, the, kicking, distinct motion. kicking motion. <laughs> there you go. No. But there was a goal that was overturned. And isn't that close enough? I, I think yes. you got I think you got it right. I think, I think is that not what happened in the playoffs? That's how I remember it. But Nick, Nick, right. Nick, were you right. ever were you ever reminded of that take when you were like sitting in the press level of, of UBS Arena watching a team with Varlamov on it? Um. Oh, hmm. yeah, man. That was, you know, look, I I love Varlamov so much. Um, but I love him too. I got to I got to I got to I got to, I got to watch him have five dropped on him. Oof, live. Like. That's brutal. You know, we've <laughs> been we've been playing this game. Do we know puck? I think, but what better way to kind of find that out than by taking a look back at our NHL bracket challenge? Oh god! Oh lord! And seeing who won. And oh, would you look at that? Lou Orlando comes Shut out up. in first place with eighty-four points. I want you to guess who came in second place because you're not going to get it. Guess. Wait, who, who can we get a list of who was in the bracket challenge? First? I mean, I, I don't want to give you a list that kind of gives it away. Tyler Mooney. Oh. No. Um, was he on the list? Who, I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna, trying to think of who was in this challenge. Was Was Will in it? No, Will wasn't. Okay. I'm going to go with a wild card here. I don't even know if this person was in the challenge. I'm going to say Maddie Bamonte came in second. I, that's actually a really good guess. Um, Brian Rayback. No, I'm Brian Rayback. Oh, Brian Rayback, second no. place. Play the wow. reaction shot. Play the reaction shot right now. <laughs> Do it. That's Thir- crazy. In third place, Samantha Bohr. Capo Caco's bleep. Uh, <laughs> James Burley. James Burley fourth. I'll take. It. I don't know who's fifth. Their name is Lundquist Wardrobe. I don't know. That, I don't know, that could be awesome. Maddie. I had the worst That's FOMO when I did uh, doing that bracket. Nick challenge. was sixth. Eli Keeler was seventh. Wait, who was second? I missed it. Brian Raybax. You second got it. was Brian Raybax. Jack, I were you in this? No, I didn't. I, I didn't play. Right. Uh. Okay, but let's just talk about how much of a legend I am for guessing that it was Brian Raybax. I yeah. am a genius. It's electric. So I mean, does that Brian Raybax knows the second most puck on this show? He That's needs to be more on the show. Yeah, I mean, That's get, he knows he, puck. He, get he knows him on the puck. Show. He knows puck. Get him he on does. the show. To close this out. I want to play two clips from two of my favorite episodes. We'll start with Maddie Mamonti's five-on-three debut. Oh, my God. Where oh my God. she gave one of the best eulogies of all time. Here's a listen. So I want to start off with a statement from Coach Rod Brindamore after his team's sweep from the Eastern Conference Finals, in which he said, That's the unfortunate part of this, is that we're going to look back and everyone's going to say, you got swept, but that's not what happened. (laughs) I watched the game. I'm there. We're in the game. We didn't lose four games. We got beat, but we were right there. Now, normally, when you get swept, I would say it's pretty obvious you lost four games. (laughs) I think when you look at this team who hadn't made the playoffs from like 2009 to 2018 that's a long time and then to get back into the playoffs for five straight years and then after this year plagued with injuries your star players go down and then you get swept and you go we didn't lose no rod you lost (laughs) i really hate to say it it's so good it's that it's one it's awesome. so good. One of my favorite things to do if you go back and you watch that episode is just to watch me, Chaz, and Jack's reactions oh as Maddie's God. doing that entire eulogy. We're laughing for the whole five. Minutes. Right, but then but then Lou, you coin one of the greatest phrases uh, upon her upon Maddie's <laughs> exit from the segment. You coin one of the most infamous phrases in the history of this show. I would say mm-hmm. in which you said, "Women, right? Uh, it's great. It's great stuff." <laughs> um, 
I'd also like to give a little bit of credit. We've been really good with naming podcast naming episodes this year. But my favorite has to be No Rhyme or Reason after yeah. James Reimer had his incident. <laughs> That's amazing. That was Nick Palmer. That was Nick Palmer all Nick, the way. A lot of these names were Nick Palmer. A lot of them are Nick. We, he's a good... From, he's he's a good. Him. The Andrew hire Brunette uh, DUI from <laughs> Jack Adams, parentheses, finalist to jail. <laughs> <laughs> good that's my favorite <gasps> oh, that might be my favorite it's it's all really good we have one last little sound bite we want to play it's quick but i think it really shows how we feel about each other and our listeners schmuck yeah it's a good I'm word it's that. yiddish As a, is it really? yeah schmuck you're such a schmuck you're such a schmuck we're all schmucks here uh to close out this episode i do want to pay tribute to two longtime members of five on three and our hockey beat we'll start with tyler mooney was not here today. Tyler Mooney has been a crucial part of what we've done here as a hockey crew. I've said it before and I'll say it again. You know, the hockey guys stick together here at at, at WFEV. We're kind of like our own little niche, our own little club, if you want to, our own little segment of WFEV because the people that talk about hockey and care about hockey, it's a small group, but they really care about it. And Tyler Mooney, one of our best, the way he was able to to mix humor with just deep and intense hockey knowledge. Tough to replicate. Did great work on the Islanders beat. We'll never forget when he filmed himself with Chris Hennessy eating the eating the Islanders bagel. Just a great clip. <laughs> Some of the best clips around. you've ever seen in your life. Tyler Mooney, just, just a great guy. He's not going to be with us for next year. He'll be around, so maybe we'll get him on and, and get him on in person for one final send-off, but I do want to... He'll be missed. I, would, I do want to wish Tyler Mooney our best, and if any, anyone else wants to say anything about one of the greats, Now's the time. Um, my first ever uh, appearance on Five on Three was actually as a as a producer in that room there. Mm-hmm. So I was producing and I couldn't hear the music when the, all the mics are on in that room because there's no behind the glass in Studio Two. And it was Chris Hennessy, Samantha Bohr, and Tyler Mooney. And I mean, talk about an introduction into <laughs> one of the greatest shows WFUV has to offer. All just great people. I learned so much from them. And then getting on the air the first time the following week, I was incredibly nervous. I was with Chris Hennessy and Tyler Mooney that time. And uh, I think Thomas Quigley as well. Mm. Um, I think it was a four-man. And it was just it was just like it felt so easy and simple. that they, they opened the door for me and made it fun. And I'll never forget that. And, Sam, I can say the same thing for you. When Nick said most energetic, most fun, most vibrant, mm-hmm. he nailed it. Yeah, like this was I couldn't have asked for better mentors and better friends to have to have gotten the opening gate to get in here. Thanks, buddy. I oh, that's really sweet. Um, I guess I'll say I'll say my words to Moon Man as well. You know, he was one of my first friends at the station um, and one of my best friends at the station. And even when he was in Italy, we would chat about hockey and about uh life and i was like you know love that guy saying goodbye to him before he went to italy was really sad and very sad to hear he will not be continuing on in his five on three legacy next year but man what a legend what a man to make fun of every single one of my takes on air and off because there was if we don't know there was a show our final show at the end of last season i am so sorry to tyler mooney and colin lockern because it did take us about two hours um, to get through everything we wanted to talk about on that show. And I said something on that show that we literally had to cut out because it was so incorrect. And he still makes fun of me for it to this day. So uh, cheers to him for keeping me in line. And also, James Burley, I love you. And that was really, really sweet. And I'm so happy that you are a part of the 5 on 3 family. And you know, we, can't, we can't end this show without giving a, a send-off to Sam. Uh, James and Nick have already nailed it, but the energy and the life that you've brought into our little hockey community. It can't be replicated. It's going to be sorely missed. I don't know what we're going to do without you. Your coverage on the Rangers beat, Devils beat last year, your personality and everything you brought to this podcast this year. Again, it can't be replicated. It's going to be sorely missed. Sam, you're one of my first friends at the station, so hits on a personal level. Thank you for everything that you've done for me and for us. Again, as a WFV hockey community, love you, dude. Love you. I love you so much, Blue Orlando. And you know. it really, you know, it, it's a shot to the, to the hockey group because now no diversity. All men. Yeah. What <laughs> are we going to do? 
All men. It really is a shot to the to the diversity of the group. I mean, at least a couple of you are brunette. At least you're not all <laughs> blonde. <laughs> all right, Man. Sam. Um, Jack. So I'm going to try my best to not turn into a waterfall. But mm-hmm. we planning in the show in advance, We I authored up a little something. Um, oh my more for me. And then I kind of grouped in the guys at the end to kind of make it come full circle. So I just want to, I want to, I want to read this to you. Well, this one is the definition of bittersweet. We're losing a legend and the grown up world is gaining one. I'm the newest to the station in this room right now, having joined this past academic year and boy, what a first year it was, especially having a friend like Sam. I met Sam after watching her act in one of the most absurd borderline (laughs) grotesque yet fun and entertaining plays I have ever watched in my life. That was a quick hi and thanks for coming. Coming, Where we really met was a week or two following for a WFUV social event at Muggs. I thought our friendship really got off on the right foot, talking oh, to her no. about her play and getting to know her a bit, but I was left with some doubts after she requested that I photograph the group picture for the station, oh, no. not, knowing that I, not knowing that I was a brand new trainee of the station and was supposed to be in the photo. Best believe I never let her live that one down. (laughs) I was lucky enough to become a member of the Hockey Beat Report crew this year for the station covering for the Islanders and doing a pair of fill-in games with the Devils and the Rangers. Best believe Sam was the first one I told when I got the job and was the first one bothered when I needed advice or simple directions about the job. She was the first one I texted the first time I interviewed a player. Hell, she was the first one to receive a text regarding my general excitement about doing the job. If you're not catching a reoccurring theme here, Sam was someone I really wanted to make proud. Many people try to be like her, but few ever pull it off. It takes a very special person to attack life with the same passion, kindness, and flat-out love for living that she has on a daily basis. She's a giver that seeks nothing in return and is one of the most loyal, supportive people you'll ever meet. Whether it's a laid-back convo, dumb stuff, or an insomniac level 3 a.m. <laughs> FaceTime call about whatever is the burning drama in your life, <laughs> Sam is there, and I surely never took that for granted. So, Sam, my parting words to you are this. Stressful is an understatement with regard to the time you're in right now. You're fresh out of college, and you got a competitive job market staring you right in the face. And trust me, your stress is normal. But I promise you when I say it, not a single person in this room, not me, not James, not Lou, not Nick over the phone, have the slightest bit of stress for you. Not a single one of us have any doubt or will lose any sleep wondering if Sam will be okay. Because we all know what the answer is. Of course. She's doing okay. She's a badass. Continue to approach everyone and everything that comes your way with the same passion and smile you always do and watch the opportunities fall right into your lap. Sam, we all love you so unbelievably much. And I think I speak on behalf of all three of us and Nick Palmer when I say (laughs) our only regret from our friendship with you was that we weren't born a year or two sooner to buy us some more time as classmates. Lou and I placed bets on 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 the tears. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to terrorize <laughs> you like that, but we were like we were like she's she's cooked. She's done. Once I showed Lou, Jack, I'm about to start crying. <laughs> and I'm known for at this point. It's the what second third time I've cried saying it's goodbye tradition. to WFUV. It's it had to happen. If it didn't, it'd be out of character. <laughs> wow, that was one of the nicest things I think anyone has ever said to me. <laughs> Thank you so much for we, being my friend, all of you. We love you. I, I can't think of, of a better way to end the show than them with that. Guys, it's been it's been such a fun year. I love all of you for doing this entire thing with us, right? Five on three, all the hockey beats. It's been a blast for the guys that are coming back next year. I can't wait to Sam. We're going to miss you. We love you. You're going to kill it. I think that does it for this year of five on three. It's crazy. This year. This wow. year. Wow. So long. And forever. I wish five on three could be three six five, but unfortunately. Oh, oh. Tell, tell, tell me about it. That, that was awesome. <laughs> oh, thanks. So don't, don't threaten us with a good time, Burley. Come so on. long, everybody. And listen, just because five on three is over doesn't mean you got to stop talking puck. So everyone out there, keep talking puck. Five on three. It's a production of WFEV Sports. Love you all.